Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to yet another edition of an Evolved Review. I am your host, James Caleb Kitchens, and as always, I am joined by my co-host from the Stovall Wrestling Network, Caleb Stovall. Welcome back to the show, man. Hey, what's going on? It feels like it's been a while, man. It does feel like it's been a while. Um, I went to the beach and had a nice relaxing vacation, other than there being a hurricane there. Um, <laughs> I and, and just last night, man, I actually went to my first wrestling show that i've been to since february um, Really? yeah man and so in honor of that i have uh i've trimmed the quarantine beard up um <laughs> a little bit and uh yeah man uh yeah i went to um palmetto palmetto jesus palmetto championship wrestling in uh in columbia south carolina they had they were in a brand new venue they've never been at before and uh, I, I really like it. so much shit for that what's that Shane is going to give you so much shit for that. Yeah, he is. He probably is, but that's okay. He, he doesn't watch this shit. It, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. He doesn't watch my stuff. You know how I know that no one, like, no one that I know personally, other than maybe, like, Joe and, like, Nate watch these. And I know this because I say things that would enrage these people all the time, and they never mention it. So I'm just like, well, works for me. <laughs> You'll, you'll right. see it someday. You'll find it someday. Yeah, right. It, it'll be out there somewhere. <laughs> so today, man, today uh-huh. we've got a. This is going to be a cool episode because all the time, you know, and, and this is something that you've pitched, and a lot of people have said, you know, I want I want to see you guys talk about like current events going on in wrestling because most everything that we talk about, right, is is in the past. Even Dark Side of the Ring, we review that when it's current. And, but you know, Dark Side of the Ring is normally about things that happened 20 years ago. So, right. To me, it's like I don't want to do that because there's so many other programs like like Snowball Wrestling Network that handle that. Um, you know, friend of the show Stephen Platinum reviews everything. Uh, um, the Tapped Out Wrestling Podcast guys that you know, all of you guys you know have these other shows. It's not our wheelhouse where you talk about the, you know what's going on every week in wrestling, and so. Um, I don't want to do that, but this episode is a very special um, uh, state of wrestling episode where I want to just give like an overview of where we think the business is right now. And, you know, uh, we'll do that every couple of months, you know, make it a thing and and we can kind of get some of those current events in there and give our opinions because that is our wheelhouse. That is our strength. Um, and, and, and I'm excited about it, man. Yeah, dude, I, I, that, that sounds great because... Uh, and and I believe like you approached me with that idea as well, and I and and I'm always down for that because while you know it, it's funny I've I've said on the Stovall Wrestling Network before I've said uh, that that it's funny that while there's nothing going on in wrestling, there's so much going on in wrestling still. You know, like <laughs> it's such a it's such a weird business, you know, to where like nothing's going on but everything's going on kind of thing. So. Um, yeah, I'm excited to talk about. It. I, I, you know, you know me. I love talking about wrestling 24 seven, so it's okay. <laughs> right? Yeah. I mean, you occasionally take breaks from watching wrestling to talk about wrestling. I, <laughs> I got it. I got it. <laughs> that's so, the first time you have actually said that right. That's true. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> Uh, that being said, man, let, let's get into it. So, you know, right. obviously the big one that everybody's talking about right now, let's just talk about the elephant in the room, uh, WWE retribution. This is probably the only oh, angle. I mean, that I can think of maybe in the last 20 years, right. That everyone universally hates <laughs> like, in, in our super divided society, right? Every time something comes out, you know, even like Roman Reigns, who I detest, there's 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 Roman Reigns apologists, right? There's people who are like, no, Roman's good. I really like Roman, blah blah, and and I, and that's fine. That's that's your opinion. No one fucking likes retribution. No. It, it no. has united us against it as an idea. <laughs> it it really did. Um, yeah, man, I. When I saw this thing, first of all, when I saw it to begin with, I'm sitting there. I'm just like, wait a minute. So let me get this straight. The idea is these people work for the company. They have a grudge against the company or something like that. 
so they can go and throw Molotovs at the power generators and like, you know, break windows and, you know, beat up announcers and shit like that. I'm like, I'm like, if you actually, if you think about this from a, what WWE clearly never uses a lot, which is logic, <laughs> none of that makes any sense. And then apparently there's now they're tweeting stuff like, uh, well, WWE is actually paying us to destroy them or something like that. And I'm just like, Vince McMahon would never allow this. <laughs> like, right. It was real. Like, right. It just, it, it's, it's, it's a behind the times, uh, you know, invasion angle is, is what it is. It's like, I mean, you can do that sometimes if it works. I mean, you know, I remember something that was actually booked better uh, uh, that was a couple of years ago. You might remember this, uh, the the rapture angle that we did at Flatline. Like, I was just like, okay, this is actually makes logical sense, you know, kind of thing. But, like, retribution, it's like no one can make sense of it. It's like, first of all, why are these in and what are they going to do now for NXT? You say that you want that to be your Wednesday night war or something like that, or the promotion to take down the other promotion, but yet you keep taking literally the top superstars. Right. I mean, the thing is, uh, you know, there, there's so many angles where this is wrong and I don't want to spend forever on it, but like, okay, num number one, these NXT people are, some of them are still on NXT like as themselves doing shit like on wednesday right you know like some of like it, it's like they're they're acting like they're two different people but it's not like these masks really conceal who they are you yeah. know and they buried the hurt business which i thought was one of the good things they have done in a long time oh the hurt business is actually pretty good i didn't right. like it at first because like to me it just kind of felt thrown together but those guys really make it work. And I will say this, man, MVP is reminding us that he's like, hey, man, I'm actually pretty damn entertaining on the mic. MVP like, is awesome. And, and, and this whole thing, if it's a vehicle to get Cedric Alexander into the spot he deserves to be in, which yes. is across from AJ Styles, then yeah. Let's, this let's, is very true. I'm all for it, dude. Cedric is so good. There's and, born... and they signed him, and they haven't done anything with him. Well, of course, because they don't know what to do with them, you know, kind of thing. They're always just like, we, we don't have anything for you, which I sit there and, you know, from here's explain this to me. All right. And which I mean, technically you can't explain it, but I'm just saying like WWE always says, well, we don't have something for you. I'm like, you have three hours on Monday two hours on Wednesday, two hours on Friday, and then you have a whole live network. How do you not have something for someone? Right. Let me ask you, you this. Writers. Let me ask you this. Do you think yeah. it's po even possible for WWE to recover from this state of absolute mediocrity that they've gone into without a complete reset? No. Because... I because here's the thing. It's not just these, like I've said this before uh, about WWE right now to me, WWE is not just bad wrestling at times. It's just not, it, it's not even good television. Right. Like it, like, like, they, like apparently they want to try to be game of Thrones or, or, or they want to be Barney or they want to be <laughs> Jerry Springer. And it's like, dude, just pick something. <laughs> right. It's almost like Russo is back in the writing room. Yeah. And then at times I think, damn, this would be better if Russo was in the writing room. <laughs> I know. And that's not a thought I've ever had. Ever. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I've, I've tuned out. You know, here's another, another reason uh, that I don't want to cover this stuff on a weekly basis. I don't want to have to fucking watch it. Right. Like I, I can't, I, I, I don't have time and won't make time to spend six hours a week watching wrestling. I mean, I just won't do it. Um, I don't, you know, the more that I go to independent shows and live events, 
the more I don't enjoy watching wrestling on television. And the crowds not being there makes it unbearable to me. I mean, it's hard for me to even watch Dynamite, even when it's good, because I want the audience there. Um, and I want to get that reaction. Uh, on that note, though, um, what do you think about the, the, the kind of two parallels on the Wednesday Night War? The way AEW has handled the you know um the you know the situation with COVID-19 with their with their small crowd size you know socially distance and whatnot versus the way WWE has done it with the Thunderdome um I mean I I definitely thought AEW did the COVID-19 thing better uh than anybody uh for the most part I definitely don't think WWE was ready for it um you know, I, I, I so are you asking me like the difference between like the Thunderdome and um and and their real crowds basically? Yeah. So I mean, what do you think is kind of the the better one there? Do you think it's the 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 Thunderdome or do you think it's the way AEW is doing it where they're bringing in people, but it's just you know in, in much smaller quantities than normal? I like AEW's way of doing it better. Uh, because, uh, well, well, uh, let, let me rephrase that. I, I, I like AEW's uh, way of doing it because, um, you can actually still kind of hear the crowd a little bit, you know, it's, it, it's still kind of it, dull a little bit because normally, you know, a packed house, uh, you, you would be able to hear it and everything like that, but they're also outdoors and stuff like that. So, um, but I definitely like their way of doing it. The Thunderdome, I, I'll say this about the Thunderdome, all right? And, and I think even you being, um, you know, a production guy as well, you have to appreciate how very, like, uh, technological advanced and, like, and like how much work went into that. I, I, I'll say that. Like, I'm just like, okay, that's pretty impressive. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to lie. From a, te- from a technical standpoint, that's amazing, you know? Uh, so hats off to the hard workers that did that. However, right. you know, uh, first of all, I think it's kind of corny because still you can still they can still pump in the crowd volume, which they do. So all of the boos and the cheers that you're seeing on the screen are not even matching up with what's going on, you know, on the freaking uh thing I, I i don't know it's 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 kind of weird uh but you know you kind of got to do what you uh can do in these uh times i guess but i don't know it's it's interesting but that's not the problem in wwe right it i, I think the thunderdome is actually distracting more than anything but it's yeah. it, you know but it's entirely possible that maybe i just don't want to see what's going on in the ring because out of that three hours, if they find maybe two minutes where I don't want to turn it off, then that's about the best I can expect out of them. And that's bad. I mean, and this is coming from someone who used to wait constantly for wrestling to come back on television. Right. <laughs> you know, uh, it, it would go off and then I, I you know, Monday night uh, Raw or Nitro would go off and then I couldn't wait till Thunder or SmackDown. And then so on and so forth. You know, I just could not wait until wrestling is back on television again. And and well, that sort of gets watched like Saturday night and Sunday night heat and stuff like that. Yeah. Just to get a taste of it. And Sunday night heat was way better than Raw is today. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and and that goes into something, right? Like wrestling to me, and I was having this conversation yesterday, the worst possible thing that you can do in wrestling as a manager, uh, a wrestler, in anything, and especially as like a product, the worst thing you can do in wrestling is for people to be tired of seeing you. Right. Um, it's one thing if you have heat and like they dislike you, but they enjoy disliking you. You know, that's that's not the same thing. But when they are literally tired of seeing you, it is so hard to recover from that. Um, my, you know, my opinion of John Cena had improved over the last few years that he was active, you know, consistently active in the business. But I also, I mean, I still don't really like him 
Because I, I just got tired of seeing it, and I think it's hard to come back from that. When they're tired of seeing you, you have to do something spectacular to win them back over. To the right. to the to the degree that like the Rock did it with his character. You know, you have to completely change who you are, basically. Winning yep. them back, digging yourself out of that hole is one of the hardest things you can do. You always want to leave them feeling the, the ultimate goal in wrestling. You want them to be satisfied with what they saw, but you want them to be hungry for more of it. And that is something that WWE television used to do to a lot of people. And they and it, it has slid way more towards the we're tired of seeing it uh, over time. And they're much more focused on just pumping out content than they yep. are of making anything of any substance. Yeah, like, you know, here's the thing, and and I know that this is the state of wrestling and everything like that, but I kind of got to uh, bring this up. So what is the what is the overall narr- one of the overall narratives of the Monday Night Wars back in the day? Was the Goldberg-Hogan moment, while it was a spectacular moment, it's like they should have put it on a pay-per-view. They should have, you know, built it up four weeks and they could have sold this much, blah, 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 blah. All right, I get that, okay? But hasn't Raw, over the years, had main event matches and main event or pay-per-view moments on Monday Night Raw? Yeah. Like... Do we not also point out the fact that uh, in night? So you know the Goldberg Hogan thing. The week before that, Stone Cold Steve Austin fought Kane for the WWE Championship that he lost the night before and won it. Yeah. So, <laughs> like you know, I don't know. Kind of the point in WWE right now, I don't know what is a main event anymore. Right. Right. And it's it's, it's what, random. And I don't know what the point of things are at times. And the storylines at times are just so ridiculous. Like, it's just like, dude, like, you know, I, I don't understand why some storylines in WWE start off with you hurt my feelings. Right. I'm like, you're, you're in a, you're in a, you know, league that technically is fighting. Why do you have that big of feelings? <laughs> right. Well, I mean, and this is like Vincent man's like commentary on how he believes the world is, but it's not, you know, because he's like super out of touch with reality, you know? And, and that's, <laughs> that's just kind of a, that's kind of a symptom of being a billionaire and, you know, being in that position he's been in for like 40 years where he's kind of disconnected from society, you know? Right. Um, I think that's ultimately what the deal is. Um, Let's shift gears a little bit though. Uh, I want to talk about AEW and how they're doing right now. Um, Their last pay-per-view um, it was, it's, it's rare that I sit down and watch a pay-per-view. Um, you know, we, we reviewed, um, a few weeks ago, we did AEW revolution and, uh, that was probably the last time that I sat down and watched a entire pay-per-view like the day that it aired, um, before I watched all out. And as a matter of fact, I didn't watch all out live. I watched it that night, but I, I had to watch it because everyone was talking about it and I've. And I think we'll get into why that's really relevant. Um, All Out uh, from AEW this year was possibly the worst pay-per-view I've ever seen. Uh, You know, we're we're talking about in a future episode, we're going to list our like top five best pay-per-views. If we listed our top five worst, this would be on the list hands down. It'd be the first thing I put on the list. Yeah, it was... uh... And you know me, I'm 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 a huge AEW fan just because I'm I'm a fan of any other promotion other than WWE right now that's trying to make it big. Let's put it that way, you know. And I consider myself an AEW fan too, you know. Um, I, I overall, but right part of loving something is being able to identify when they shit the bed. Oh and, no, no, no! And they did I, here. I, and I, I was gonna say, yeah, this was uh, terrible um, from the opening. Um, match 
Um, <laughs> you know, I looked at my friend Blake and I was like, like, Blake, is this uh is this a cinematic matchup? He goes, Yeah, I think it is. I was like, Oh, son of a bitch. And I, I just I didn't want to see that. Um, but especially opening up a wrestling pay-per-view. You know, there's times where it, it was just like, I was like, why didn't the Young Bucks and um, Jurassic Express just open this pay-per-view up? Yeah, agreed. I mean, um, you know, I, and here's the thing, too, is I, I don't want to knock AEW for this because sometimes shit just goes wrong, right? Yeah. I, yeah. I, I wouldn't want viral pro wrestling to be judged off of the worst event we've ever had. You know, sometimes you just get to the venue and everything is you've spent all this time planning everything and shit just goes wrong. And sometimes that snowballs, man. Sometimes one thing goes wrong and then it just seems like everything goes wrong. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was going to say, you know, you, you've you've ran shows and stuff like that. So, you know, like in and, and a lot of promoters know how hard it is to to do a show, you know, sometimes. Sometimes you get the greatest show ever and, and, and the show that you've been hyping up for a long time goes perfect and, and the fans buzz about it, you know, for eternity and stuff like that. And then sometimes stuff just, just doesn't go right. And I think a lot of stuff just didn't go right for them. I know they got criticized heavily for the Matt Hardy situation. And it was so confusing watching it live because I remember watching it live and they said, oh, the, the back of his head hit the concrete. And I was like, I saw that. But at the same time, because it's Matt Hardy, I kind of thought, well, I, I, maybe he meant to do that or something like that. Like, like I, I don't know what, what's going on here. And then, like, I was like, oh, shit. No, he's actually hurt. <laughs> like, Yeah, I mean, so that's the big thing that I think took Twitter over and it was impossible for them to get the discussion away from, from that, because for you to be the company that says we're about the talent and about making sure the talent is taken care of financially, physically, whatever for this to happen to you. I mean, if this happened in WWE, it would be terrible, but the fact that it happened here where that's their kind of mantra is, Hey, come work for us instead of WWE. They don't give a shit about you but we'll take care of you. That is not what happened here. And Matt Hardy is from that era of wrestling where, you know, there's tons of wrestlers who have talked about, uh, yeah, I got knocked out, you know, got a concussion, don't remember the rest of the match, like Undertaker and, and Lesnar, right, where Undertaker yeah. got concussed in the match. And he, 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 to this day, doesn't remember the rest of the day. Nope. You know, couldn't tell him what his name is. But he continued the match because that generation, that era of wrestlers – you get it in you where the – I mean, and that that's still true today. You get into the match, and, you know, you're just kind of on autopilot to an extent. Your body is going to go through and do the motions without a ton of input from you. Um, right. So Matt Hardy, of course, when the referee's like, hey, we're on pay-per-view in this big, you know, stipulation match – can you keep going? Of course, when they're like, when they throw the X up and call it, Matt's like, no, no, I can keep going. I can keep going. And they say that they cleared him, dude, but they had what, two minutes? You're saying yet that in two minutes, you got a doctor on site to give this man an evaluation, arrive at the conclusion that he didn't have a concussion and was safe to compete, and then restarted the match. Yeah, it, it was. Uh... <laughs> It looked bad. Uh, I, I call the fiercest amount of bullshit on that. Yeah, I know. And, and, and I did too. Uh, I, I just was like, this is, it didn't look good. Um, but, you know, I mean, Matt Hardy is fine though now or something like that. So um, I'm glad for that. But maybe that was a learning lesson. Don't handle it like that <laughs> next time <laughs> or something like that. I don't know. Like, I just, I think like, no one expected it, so no one knew what to do. Yeah. And, I mean, I think that this show in general, I think it was poorly booked. Um, I do, too. I, um, I mean, from start to finish. the tooth and nail match, we've talked about that that's one of the worst things we've ever seen. Awful. Um, they pre-recorded that. It wasn't live. So that means someone watched it and decided, yeah, we'll put this on, and we'll open our show with it. 
<laughs> if I had paid to watch this pay-per-view and it opened with that, I would be calling to get my money back. Yeah. Immediately. It, it, and I did pay for the pay-per-view, so I was kind of pissed. I was like, God damn it. I didn't want to see this. Um, I, can I mention the things that were, though, actually all right, though, on the pay-per-view real quick? Sure. We're going to disagree on some of these, but sure. Moxley and MJF. We're not going to disagree on that one. I thought I, I'll, I'll go ahead and preface it. I think that's the only good match on this card, besides, uh, well, that and um, uh, uh, Sheeta and Thunder Rosa. Uh, I, I was going to say Sheeta and Thunder Rosa, um, but the FTR versus uh, Omega and Hangman Page. I thought that match was incredible. See, I thought it was the worst. I thought that was the worst match that they've ever had um i thought that i thought that um that was the worst ftr match in in history really yeah i um i don't so i you know i don't like kenny omega right and these matches just devolve into into just moves you know and this was one of those matches where i thought the storytelling wasn't good they did 30 minutes of just moves to each other and that's not what we expect to see out of the revival or FTR, you know, that's not what I want out of them. I want the, the thing that makes the revival or FTR so good is that they can do both. They can do this modern, like we're going to do all these crazy moves and we're going to do a fast paced match and we're going to do everything like that, but they can make it make sense and they can tell a story with it. They can do all of it. They are the complete package and that's why they're so good. And I guarantee you that Kenny Omega called this match because some of it was just complete bullshit. Yeah. And probably looking at it from, from that standpoint, I, I agree. I guess I just really like the ending. The ending was, it was a good finish, but I mean, how many, I, you know, I, I thought there was like 10, 15 times where they could have had a finish before that. I agree. And, and, and that is my problem. A lot of the times with uh, AEW and uh, it, uh, it's a problem with a lot of promotions I have and, and stuff like that. Like, uh, um, there's just too many finishes at times. It's just like, come on, y'all! Like, like what? It, like, what is your finish at some point? You know, well, kind of they left everything on the table here. Like, if these guys were to have a rematch, what are they right. going to do? What, what are they going to do that they didn't do in this match? They did everything. They left every single move on the table. They gave away the farm. I don't think there is going to be a rematch because I don't think uh, Hangman Page and uh, Omega are teaming together anymore. I, that's I don't really the know. best. I mean, and and that's amazing news. I definitely, um, I'm definitely happy to see that because I think Adam Page will do so much better without Omega there. And if the if the rumor is, uh, or what's going on, I think is they're going to turn Omega heel, uh, and I think that's going to be the best thing for him if they do. Well, Omega's a really good heel. I mean, I, I, let's just be honest. Like, like he was really good in New Japan when he was a heel. Like, even after the Okada thing, he still wasn't really a face. He really didn't become a face until, like, he won the belt and stuff like that. And then, of course, you know, they thought he was really, really popular over here and stuff like that. And he, I, I, I mean, he's not really, really popular as they think he is, but he still is popular. You know, like, yeah. like, like, like he still gets a crowd reaction every time he comes out, which still is the most important thing, right? Right. I agree. I, you know, and with Omega, um, you know, he, he does get a good reaction, but he doesn't get as good of a reaction as a lot of people on the show. I agree. I agree with Hangman, that. especially. I agree. You know, he was just he, he was a really good. I think the reason he worked so well in New Japan was because one thing he worked so well with that style. Right. He worked worked so well with the strong style and he was more the perfect guy to really bring in that cross promotion with. 
because yeah. it was just like because it was like you watch New Japan and it's just like, well, I can't really understand, you know, no offense to anyone, but you know, I can't really understand Okada or uh Naito or, or or something like that. But then oh wait a minute, here's Kenny Omega and he oh wait a minute, he sounds just like me. He speaks just like me. Oh, but he's wrestling everyone else and he was some of those matches are really, really good, I thought. Uh, and, 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 you know, that's just my opinion. And maybe we should do an Evolve review of some of his matches. And and yeah. nobody, you know, I think he worked in New Japan, but nothing has shown me that Kenny Omega can get over with the average American viewer. Might not. <laughs> right, right. I don't think he can. Um, but but we could we could probably do a whole episode on that. Um, yeah. I, I do want to move on. I think AEW got a nice boost in the ratings from this. Uh, they did hit over a million, and I, you know, from what I've heard, they've been doing good things. I love the Cody return segment this week. Yeah. Um. That that uh that was really good. Um. Excellent selling by uh Alan Angels number five. Dude, I love seeing Alan Angels there. Like anytime I like, he's also on being the elite as well. I'm just like, dude, I, that's so cool. Like, cause. You know, I, I was up there for a few training sessions when he was up there at uh, WWA four. So I trained with him a little bit. So that's really cool to see him doing big things, man. He's making a very good, um, you know, he, he's he's making the most out of that opportunity, I think. Absolutely. And, and so it is good to see that. He's um, also having a lot of fun doing it, too. Like, you right. can tell having so much fun there, so... Speaking of AEW and opportunities, let's. I, I kind of want to segue into talking about NWA for a second with this, and that's um, you know a lot, a, a lot of NWA's top talent since NWA has done nothing. I mean, really, I mean since so they had um, they had NWA uh, hard times, which we we're going to review, um, you know. And then that was their pay-per-view. And then they did a few episodes of Power after that. And then they did the Crockett Cup. And then COVID-19 kind of shot everything down. And they've, I think out of all the major promotions, I think they've done the least. Actually, they have, uh, they did not get to do the Crockett Cup. Oh, so they didn't do the Crockett Cup. Nope, nope. COVID shut it down right before it was supposed to happen. I know that because I was going to go to that with uh, Chris and um because i really wanted to see them live and i was hoping that that was going to be a pretty big crowd especially for a pay-per-view and stuff like that um so i I don't know what it could have been but i was really hoping that that they were going to do it and then unfortunately the covid you know crap happened and everything shut down so no um i think they've just had the rotten luck of they can't really um you know, really do a facility right now. However, they're not, I wouldn't say that they're not doing anything because they are doing something. They've hooked up with, uh, I believe it's called Hollywood Championship Wrestling and they're on fight and it's uh, do, It's called like premium wrestling or something like that or prime time. I, I, I don't know. I have to look it up. But uh, they're doing something that's like broadcasting just a little bit, but it's not fully NWA. Like, like it's not NWA power. Right. <laughs> I mean, I think out of the major promotions, I think they're doing the least, though. <coughs> and and I think that's a that's a problem uh, for yeah. them. I, I think I think they got started really well. And they got yeah. some notoriety, and then I think COVID really just wrecked them. And I hope they can recover from it. But I mean, if I, you know, I don't know what Ricky Stark's contractual ob- obligations to either company look like. Uh, if AEW is smart, they will sign Thunder Rosa uh, if she's not already under some sort of obligation to NWA. Um, she's got to be because she is under contract right now for him. Yeah, um, so I think that they have a lot of danger of losing a lot of talent to AEW. And, I mean, AEW should do anything they can to get Thunder Rosa because their women's division, any women's division on the planet would be lucky to have her. But their women's division needs her the most. Um, And she's incredible. I I think that, I think (laughs) in a few years' time, she will be, we will be talking about her being the best women's wrestler there is. 
Oh, I, I, I agree 100%. She's got the look. She's got the believability. She's also, she's a legit MMA fighter. Like, like, like she tried her luck in the cage. She has, she has lost and everything like that. Um, I think she lost her first fight or something like that. Um, but I mean, I mean, she, she's, she's amazing. Like you could just tell she's a badass. She's a walking badass. So, and I always love that. It didn't matter whether it's uh, male or female. Uh, when it comes to wrestling, I'm like, give me like, that's what I can't stand. People are trying to be either entertaining. They're trying to be silly, not taking that serious or, or they're trying to be too serious or something like that. I'm just like, give me a legit walking badass. Like Stone Cold Steve Austin. That's why he's the most over wrestler in the history of professional wrestling, because he was literally a legit walking badass. He still yeah. is to this day. Yeah. Like, like everything yeah. about him just says, dude, that dude's just badass. Don't fuck with him. Kind of thing. <laughs> right. Yeah, I agree. And, and Thunder Rose is definitely that. And she, to me, you know, spoiler alert. Um, has the match of the year so far, and that's all I'm going to say. Not in AEW. Right. Right. Not in AEW. But she she she's done good. I, I, I like the stuff that they've been doing with her. And, hey, I, I, I got to, you know, give this person credit, though. I like Sheeta, though. Yeah. I like their women's champion currently. So, and, 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 you know, I like Ivelisse and um, Diamante and stuff like that. So I like that kind of stuff. I just haven't liked a lot of the stuff that, that, that they've done with their women's division and stuff like that. And I think that could be a tribute to Mr. Uh, Olivier. <laughs> mm. we'll, I, we'll agree to disagree on that one. I don't know. Like, like, that's what I heard last or something like that. I mean, you know, so many people. <laughs> Executive Vice President Kenny Olivier. <laughs> um, speaking of, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll touch on this a second. Uh, Jim Cornette and uh, Joey Janela or Jelly Nutella, uh, and 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 their whole deal that Sonny Kiss got dragged into with the new Midnight Express. Have you have you seen this? You heard about this? Yeah, I saw. <laughs> I saw this. You sounded like Stephen Colbert there. Right. <laughs> Did you hear this? Did you hear about this? <laughs> you seen this? You heard about this? Uh, no, uh, yeah, I mean, so just briefly, I mean, I think that's ridiculous. Um, I think AEW, if they if they are truly going to grow and establish themselves as the true alternative to WWE, and this last thing I'll say about AEW, I, they have to trim the fat, and that's going to involve getting rid of a bunch of their friends. Yep. And everyone yep. knows it. Yep, yep, I, I agree. Uh, some of them don't act very professional and stuff like that. And plus, there's a lot better people to hire. <laughs> and it's tough, man. It's tough. It is. Um, can I say this that will transition into a promotion that we could kind of say that I've always wanted to talk about the state of? Um, AEW has always said that they want to present a sports-based product. Right. right. Tony Khan said that. Has he not? That I, I want a sports based product. That's why they try to have statistics at times and they say wins and losses matter. Not lately, but it, it seems like. But billionaire you know, Tony. Yeah. Um, but like I would like to point out that there is a promotion that I've always felt that has done this that. I, that this is why I root for this company so much because I feel that they kind of present more of a sports-based product, which is Ring of Honor. And they just started back up because they are bringing back something that, that they were going to bring back uh, in April before all of the COVID stuff happened. But they're bringing back the pure championship, the Ring of Honor pure title which has its own unique set of rules, which is based upon pure wrestling, which is you get three rope breaks, um, no close fist to the face. You can do it to the body, but you can't do it to the face. So only open hand chops and slaps. Uh, and it's just, it's, it, I gotta say this dude, and, 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 and I implore you to do this, get fight 
because uh, that's the easiest way to find it, or go to Ring of Honor. And every Monday, they post a brand new episode on either of those two sites. And it is some of the best wrestling I have seen in a while. I will definitely uh, be checking that out. Um, Ring of Honor, I would say, definitely is the only sports-based like major wrestling promotion. And exactly. I don't think AEW should necessarily strive to be that. I think that wins and losses should matter. But no one loved the Attitude Era to the point of it being the most popular thing on television because it was sports-based. It was the furthest right. thing from that. But WCW, I always thought, even in 1998, it, you know, even w- with the stupid shit that they did in at times in 98, I still thought, even as a child, that that was more of a sports-based product, which is why I thought wrestling was real as a child, because I was just like, that, you know, th- th- that looks like a sports, that looks like a sporting event, whereas WWE has always... And they've never tried to shy away from the fact of this. They've always looked like it's supposed to be in front of a live studio audience. Yeah, WWE's always been entertainment-based more than wrestling-based. And that's why the, you know, World Wrestling Entertainment. Well, and, and, and here's the thing. Even saying that, that's not a bad thing. Right. You know, if, if, if you want to be that, that's fine. But... You know, AEW don't sit there and say you're going to be a sports-based product. You want it to look like a sporting event. And then we've got guys falling into a giant tank of mimosa, you know, <laughs> like orange juice and stuff like that. That's not that's not sport to me. Sport, it's... literally, it, the action is taking place inside the ring. It's, yeah. I mean... I hate to I hate to go the Jim Cornette route with it. I said I wasn't gonna say anything else about AEW, uh, but yeah, it's it's it, it it just looks like a bunch of people playing, and it's I don't I, you know, people say oh well that's just the new direction of wrestling, but it isn't. It's only no. the new direction of wrestling if it's working. And it's not. Right. People don't like it. No one talks about AEW and goes, yeah, I really loved that when they did, you know, insert stupid as fuck thing that they did, right? No one likes it for that. People like it for when it is good wrestling and when it is good storytelling. I'm going to tell you right now, if if Cody Rhodes walked off and never came back to AEW, he would take a third of their audience with him. I, I, I honestly believe that. If Chris Jericho and John Moxley were to also walk off, they would take another third. Yep. And you would be left with nothing but the really hardcore AEW people who fucking think Joey Janela is good. <laughs> no, I, I I don't think he's good. And, and, and I mean, again, they've got good players. And, and the thing is, for me, though, which, you know, kind of goes back to Ring of Honor. Like, I don't think people talk about Ring of Honor enough. Like, people say they... I've always said this. I'm like, okay, so people say you you want a truly alternate form of wrestling. Well, that Ring of Honor provides that. I went to their show and and I walked away like I was just like, I just actually watched a wrestling show. Right. I haven't that in 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 years like live. AEW, you know, Dynamite in Atlanta was one of the greatest shows I've ever been to in my life. I'm I'm not going to take that away from them. But I thought one of the best shows I've seen in a while was the Ring of Honor show that I attended at Center Stage. And here was the thing. They really didn't have anybody of wow. Like, like they didn't have Cody. They didn't have the Bucks. This was right when AEW hadn't really even presented a show yet, but they had had the press conference and everything like that to announce it. So really all they had was Marty Scrawl and um, PCO, to be quite honest that were of like drawing factor, but the show itself, like the the show, when I'm watching it, I'm just like, Oh my God, this is amazing. Why aren't people talking about this enough? What do, and, 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 and that's what, you know, my question is, is to anyone, it's just like, okay, what does ring of honor then need to do to really take it to that next level? Uh, Honestly, man, and I hate I, I hate to say this, they would have to stop being a sports-based product because let's just be real honest here. The people who want to see that exclusively, 
they will go watch UFC. Yeah. I, and I, I'm not discrediting Ring of Honor. They have a fan base, and a lot of the the really good stuff that has come out of wrestling in general, like people who have moved out of Ring of Honor onto WWE or, um, you know, into Impact or into AEW. Yeah, a lot of people came through Ring of Honor. And Ring of Honor is an amazing place to put on some of the best physical wrestling out there. So I'm not saying it doesn't have its place, but I'm saying they will never in their current form be on the level of AEW or WWE because it's just not, it doesn't have enough flair, enough, uh, you know, spectacle around it. And that's fine, but I'm just saying that's never going to be, like they're never going to draw a million viewers on a Ring of Honor television broadcast. Because well, there just aren't enough people that want that, I I don't think. Well, it, it, but then that begs the question for me, which is, all right, so then when people say that they want a truly alternative product, I'm like, well, then what do you mean? Do you just mean something other than WWE? Or do you, like, what does that mean anymore? <laughs> you know, kind of thing. Because you say you want wrestling. Well, here's a wrestling promotion and you and you know you don't watch it. People want wrestling, but people want wrestling with the glamour around it, right? Like, um, you know, like Velveteen Dream, I think is a great example. He has all the showmanship yeah. in the world, but he delivers in the between the ropes. That's the. I mean, Shawn Michaels, right? Shawn Michaels is by far a showman more than a wrestler, right? But he delivers in between the ropes as well. I think a lot of what people really want when they say, I don't want, like, I want to see wrestling is WWE shit is so scripted and so cookie cutter. And it's so lowest common denominator, right? Right. That you're not entertained by it because nothing, nothing matters. And nothing surprises you. And if it does surprise you, it's not in a good way. And if it does surprise you in a good way, it doesn't matter. Right. That's what people want in my opinion, is they want, number one, they want things to matter. They want championships to matter, wins and losses, things like that. But they also want the spectacle. They do want the storytelling aspect of it. But they don't, they don't want, uh, you know, I I think a large majority of the audience doesn't want to see 30 minutes of technical wrestling either. A lot of people do. But even you look at people who are revered as being like these incredible technical wrestlers, like, you know, um, like Benoit or I, I don't know why that was the first name that came out of my mouth. Somebody will be mad about that. Uh, <laughs> or uh, Kurt Angle or, uh, you know, I- anybody like that, that, you know, from that kind of WWE era where people, you know, were into this sort of thing, Dean Malenko. Um, right. Those people did a lot of storytelling also. Right. So they don't want right. pu- just a pure combat sport. I don't think, I, I think that the, the audience that wants something scripted that is, that close to a combat sport is small, but that doesn't mean it's not existent. And I think ROH is, I think they have a, they have a kind of niche there. And I think that they'll do well uh, in that niche, but I don't think they'll ever really climb out of it unless they drastically change what they are. But I, you know, I don't think anybody's doing it absolutely right today. Yeah. Yeah. It would, let me ask you this, right? Because we've covered some TNA stuff, right? And and you've been and, and you've seen some TNA stuff. Now I'm talking about old TNA. We can address Impact Wrestling in just a minute. Do we have we, to? Uh, <laughs> I'll give you that one. But um, would you say old TNA from like 2002 to 2009? That that would kind of be the perfect example where it was like they had great wrestling matches at times, but then they also had the stories. Yeah, um, I, I think so. I, I think that that era is probably really ideal um, for what people would want. I mean, obviously TNA during that time, there was a lot of backstage. Like always from the very beginning of TNA, there was so much backstage nonsense, such a power struggle backstage. Um you know, they always had a problem with, you know, their financials. Um, but when you focus on just what was on the screen, I think they did an amazing job 
in a lot of ways. And yes, there were a lot of people watching TNA back then because it was wrestling. It wasn't super scripted. It was a lot of like what people really loved from like the attitude era and the ruthless aggression era uh, and the Monday night wars era. Even a lot of people really loved those things. Um, And WWE was fucking up, or at least we thought they were fucking up then. We did not understand just what them fucking up would look like, but now no. we do. <laughs> no, yeah, we do. Um, I, 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 I got to give another credit to a promotion that was doing really well, and it looks like they're about to start back up. I don't know exactly what, but but they're still doing really well. And I know that they've got some baggage on them from over the summer and stuff like that, and that's for another discussion. But as far as a promotion overall – uh, MLW, Major League Wrestling. You know, I thought, I thought, dude, I thought they were really good. Like, I enjoyed watching uh, Fusion on YouTube. Yeah, I really did, and it was uncut too. So, like, it was uncensored. Like, like you would hear them say "fuck" and stuff like that. Yeah. So, um, it like, I hope that they get back up as well. You know, I'm 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 all for any like I said, I'm all for all, any promotion trying to get on TV and get bigger so that we can have other places for people to work and stuff like that. Cuz if WWE, you know, is the only place which we have seen, it's not good. <laughs> yeah. It's not good for the wrestling business. So Right. Yeah. You know, um that's why like I want MLW did you ever get a chance to watch some of MLW though? I did. Yeah. I mean, we booked some of their talent. Yeah. Um, and that's where we, you know, watched them at to, to get that done. And they do have some incredibly good talent over there. Um, I'm interested to see what will happen with them. I mean, COVID-19 as a whole really hit the wrestling industry. And I think it's probably going to take hell. I would say a year once, once this is all said and done and restrictions are lifted, I, re- I predict a year to, for wrestling to get back to where it was pre-COVID-19 because a lot of indie promotions um, and, and your smaller like major promotions like MLW and NWA and things like that, a lot of those places were really like getting into full gear right when everything went down. Um, you know, as someone who runs one of those promotions, I... Yeah. Because, uh, I mean, Viral Pro, had we had our best show right before all this happened. I mean, the indies have suffered greatly from this. Even the indie shows that are running again, even the ones that are drawing good crowds, there's still just this feeling that something's not quite right. It just doesn't have that, like, you know, that draw that it once did. Uh, Speaking of things that just don't, you know, aren't good like they once were, I do want to mention that Impact... I feel like has suffered the worst out of all of this. Like, I feel like it was already really downhill. Um, but now, I mean, the, the Sammy Callahan, Tessa Blanchard thing, I feel like that angle ran forever. And because of COVID-19, it feels like it still went on forever. And we're never going to get a resolution to it because Tessa Blanchard got trapped out of the country and I believe got released, right? I mean, isn't that, am no, I correct in that? She got fired from impact wrestling right or release or whatever whatever you want to say but yeah that um she basically had that's why uh eddie edwards won the title back yeah yeah Uh, that was a stupid idea in the first place it was it was especially stupid to do it with tessa who has an incredibly bad reputation i'm not going to go into that uh this is not the place but um you know, uh, Tessa has been involved in way too many questionable scenarios and been accused of way too many things by way too many people. Uh, and those things have been corroborated by a lot of people uh, for somebody to say, that's the person that we want to be the ambassador for our entire brand. <laughs> and that's all I'm going to say about that. Yeah, uh, I didn't realize how bad that was until uh, in, until a lot of that stuff leaked out. So, um, yeah, it, it was a bad idea. It was it, it was a bad move. I thought Impact Wrestling was going to pick up some steam from their Slammiversary event 
that had like uh, everybody coming back had Eric Young, uh, Motor City Machine Guns. And by the way, don't get me wrong, I love anything Eric Young does. I think Eric Young might be one of the most entertaining people I've ever seen in wrestling. I really do. (laughs) Like his promos are amazing and he can go in the ring. Like he can do it all, you know, kind of thing. And to me, he should have been a bigger star in TNA when he was there kind of thing. So, um, but I like that stuff. And then like, you know, they they had a couple of other people come in as well. And I thought they were going to pick up some steam. And then the next thing I see is wrestlers house with Rosemary and Ty of Valkyrie and, Ky- Smiley Kylie Ray yeah. and um and Sue now Sue now it's Susie and she can transform into Sue Young. I'm just like, oh god. Right. Oh, god. <laughs> yeah. Oh god. That's just it's it's I I can't defend that. Um I cannot. But TNA went downhill a long time ago to me. And as long as you keep, as long as you continue to call it impact wrestling, you're still going to have the stench of TNA. <laughs> like don't call it impact wrestling. It's you need to call it something else. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think we've hit pretty much all the major promotions, man. Um, you know, we talked about the indies a little bit, uh, you know, as well. And I did mention earlier that, you know, I did go to my first indie show since February like, yesterday, just last night. Yeah. And, uh, you know, there was about 150 to 200 people there. Um, and I and, and this was a, an event with heavy restrictions, you know, masks were required, social distancing required. Um, you know, so it was handled well by the promotion and the people did start to come out. So I think we will see attendance kind of return um you know to these events and i think the indies will recover maybe faster than the national promotions will to an extent as far as getting everything back because people are very people who go to indie shows in person are very um eager i think to get back out to doing that so i i do too and 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 i'm very eager to do it but i i'm not just eager to see the uh indie promotions and and stuff like that especially ours and whatnot but I also want to see it, you know, for the major promotions. I miss the crowd. The crowd makes such a big difference, you know, like even in sports, you know, like look at sports, you know, like that crowd reaction when when someone scores a goal or they score a touchdown, it's that, it's that reaction that just makes it like a team could make a comeback, but if there's no reaction, then it's like, even still, it's kind of like, Oh, cool. They came back. Awesome. Yeah. But when but if they have a comeback and they have like 40,000 people rise to their feet, yeah. You're just kind of like, "Oh man, that's awesome." You know, kind of thing. So, and and I just feel the same way with wrestling. And I'll say this about pro wrestling, and I think we've seen this with AEW and WWE. To be fair to the both of them, I don't think we really know who is over and who is not right now because we don't have those reactions. You know, we don't have those reactions to be like, oh, okay, these people don't give a crap about this guy. They like this guy. They don't like this guy, you know, kind of thing. So people are just throwing stuff at the wall right now. Yeah, I think so. I think so too. You know, Um, I, I... I hope after COVID everything can get, you know, somewhat back to normal. So, yeah, I mean, uh, we'll definitely do another one of these again in a few months. It'll be interesting to see like between this episode and the next episode, like how things have kind of changed. But, you know, I I really do think that our next time we do this will be a lot more optimistic because, uh, you know, the, we, we are sort of uh, beginning to come out of the COVID era, um, you know, of wrestling or a lack of wrestling. Um, so, uh, that being said, man, uh, you know, this has been another great episode. Um, you know, thanks for joining us and we'll definitely do more of these. I had a lot of fun doing it. Um, and, uh, why don't you let everybody know where else they can hear your voice? Uh, you can also hear me. Like I said, if you want to hear more about, I don't know if you necessarily say the state of wrestling, but just some, 
you know, certain storylines or, or news that breaks out in wrestling, catch me on the Stovall Wrestling Network and also talk about past events as well. Uh, to just talk about pro wrestling in general. It's just me and Chris shooting the shit, as they say. <laughs> uh, you got that. I know that. But um, yeah, it, it, it's just it's just us talking about wrestling. So I've got that. Check me out on the Stovall Wrestling Network exclusively on TMB Studios as well as my other podcast called Power Rangers Go, where I talk about, you probably guessed it, Power Rangers. So uh, enjoy me with the superhero homie Q, Mr. Quentin Ficklin. Yeah, absolutely. Um, that's a good one I've definitely been catching up on. So um, with that being said, uh, thanks for being here. As always, Caleb and uh, everybody else, thanks for listening. This has been an Evolved Review.